Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? Hey, is it Billy? Yeah. Hey. Billy, it's Jay. How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? Where are you at? I am in uh, just outside of Tampa, Florida. Ah. I'm on the opposite end of the country of you. <laughs> yep. Is this the right time? I just looked and I saw. Uh, yeah, eleven thirty. We're right on time. Okay, good. Yeah. The only thing with the only thing with a lot of the interviews is that when I have somebody in a different time zone, I always have to do my math and remember exactly how far behind so I set the right time for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, I just uh, talked to John and. Oh, uh, good excited because we've got I'm doing a little bit of a of a theme for January because that I've I interview people from music from movies from books sports everything so I was starting out the year with kind of going back to uh, some of the pioneers of of Christian rock music for January so I got uh, Keith Thibodeau from Dave and the Giants John and of course you so it'll round out our interviews for January uh, but cool. the interview today is not live on the radio or anything. Um, it will be okay. see the 18th. I think I've got you set up on the 25th. Yeah, I've got you for January 25th. That'll be the uh, the date that this interview will air. So in the interview, I mentioned that I spoke to um, John Schlitt last week. So when I mentioned that, that's why that's why I mentioned that. Oh, great. Yeah, so do you have any questions about us? I know that Jason had texted you to uh, get you set up with us, but I don't know if he had given you information about what we do. Yeah, not not really, but um, I'm happy to to do it. He had just said it was um, a friend of his um, that um, was doing uh, an interview and just was getting John and myself. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kingdom Builder, I've done it for 11 years now. It started out as a podcast. I would occasionally do interviews, but in the last three years, it's turned into a, a one-hour radio show. Yeah, um, it's called Kingdom Builders, right? Today's Christian Entertainment? Yeah, Kingdom Builder. Today's Christian Entertainment is the website. We do a lot of reviews on and stuff. And um, Oh, cool. That, that site was actually rebranded in 2016 and relaunched um, as Today's Christian, but it was Christian Music Review for a long time, and we actually... Uh, back in 2005, I uh, did a review for Symphony in Red, which is uh, the first time I huh. heard your name outside of uh, Whiteheart. So, yeah, absolutely love that release. And I'll actually mention that uh, in our interview. But what I'm going to do is this is kind of a chronological interview. Uh, we'll go back uh, to, you know, starting Whiteheart in 82 with, is it Mark Gersmel? How do you pronounce his name? I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Uh, I actually started it with Dan Huff. Dan Huff, okay. Yeah. Um, Make sure. Mark and Steve Green and those guys, we asked after we had got it started. So 
he was on the first record, but the two original guys were Dan and myself. Okay. And I've got, okay, so I've got that. And Dan is spelled D-A-N-N-H-U-F-F, D-A-N-N. All right. He was the first guitar player. Yeah, and I had to, when I was doing research and stuff, making sure I had everything correct, I was, I saw that name, I'm like, like, uh, that's not the same guy from Dave and the Giants, because I know that the Huff Brothers started that band also, but it's a different yeah, different set of Puff Brothers. So, okay, and then we're going to go into White Heart. Uh, the '89 record Freedom is uh, getting ready to celebrate 30 years and has uh, has been listed as the most popular among fans. Uh, we'll play Over Me uh, from White Heart. Sure. And then I, what I did was I actually had uh, I'm a part of a lot of forums that uh, you know like the classic Christian rock, and I went to the forums and asked. Uh, fans to present some questions. I picked two of those from fans that were, you know, asking questions about White Heart about yeah. you. And then we'll talk about Symphony in Red and kind of your work with David Ellison and Aaron Schust. Sure. And then, uh, then what you do now with uh, the Union of Sinners and Saints. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Let me go into my recording starting. <clears throat> What's up, everyone? I am your host, Jay Heilman, and welcome to Kingdom Builder. So far in January, we have been joined by Keith Thibodeau from David and the Giants and John Schlitt from Petra. So continuing that trend of CCM pioneers, we have yet another legend joining us on the broadcast today. He is one of the founding members of the Christian Music Hall of Fame rock band Whiteheart. Huge welcome to Billy Smiley. Billy, welcome to Kingdom Builder, my friend. Hey, it's great being here. and. Um to talk with you and to hear about what's going on with Kingdom Builders. I love it. Oh, we're glad to have you. And Billy, it's hard to believe now in 2019 that so many music fans hold Whiteheart in such high regard as uh, one of the pioneering Christian bands. When you hear that, uh, what's your response to that? Well, my response um, is... I definitely don't feel like a pioneer because my heroes were Chuck Gerard, Love Song, The Way, all the Maranatha bands, which really, and Larry Norman, which were the really early pioneers that kind of got me into the awareness of what was happening, you know, in Christian music because they were the true pioneers in my mind. And we just um, benefited from their um, intense and I say that intense transformation from, you know, the world into Christian music because they were just writing songs that um, expressed their feelings about their transformation of being, you know, being born again. Hey, man, you know, you can't, you really can't have a conversation about uh, pioneers of Christian music without mentioning Larry Norman. I do credit him as well as uh, many, many others as being kind of the, the father of what we now call Christian rock music. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, because I was a real student of, um, there was probably 20 to 30 bands in the 70s that really were the pioneers. And um, Petra actually was one of those um, before John Schlitt had 
uh, joined the band, I, I say this laughingly because when John and I go out and do shows, I say, yeah, I was a, I was a teenager when I heard your group because John wasn't part of the group then, but they started in 72 and um, I was an avid fan of anything that just dealt with rock music but had positive messages. So groups like The Way, Mustard Seed Faith, J.C. Power Outlet, you know, Lamb even, a Jewish uh, duo was really, um, those were the instrumental pioneers. So I feel like definitely Whiteheart was not a pioneer. We might have been musically, but I feel like we were so fortunate to have a lot of those influences to kind of inspire us. And yeah, definitely. And, you know, before you started Whiteheart, uh, I, I found it very cool that you were actually a part of uh, Bill Gaither's band. Is that correct? Yeah, that's where we all met. Dan and I, a guy named Dan Huff and I started Whiteheart. Uh, back in 1981, and um, we were just a couple of kids. I wanted to write songs, and he wanted to play guitar. So, um, and we were part of the Gaither Trio. And then, after, um, for those of you who might not know this, but um, after we had started writing maybe three or four songs, then we had asked our keyboard player and our lead singer. Um, they were still part of Gaithers as well as the bass player. So we were all members of the Gaither thing. We had never done a show, and we had asked those guys if they wanted to join. Mark had written a couple songs, and Steve was a great tenor, and he goes, I can sing all those high parts. And uh, So that's how it really got started out of uh, the Bill Gaither trio. Now, Bill Gaither, of course, is a... His name is synonymous when it comes to gospel music. Now, back in the time when you were kind of branching off to do Whiteheart, um, what what were what were uh, Bill Gaither's you know response to that? Was he supporting of that, or was he kind of instrumental in kind oh, of getting totally. you guys started? Bill, um, Bill's kind of a a rascal, and he loves communication, whatever form of music. You know, he had a son named Benji, and Benji loved Whiteheart because it was his culture's kind of music. So anything that helped keep, you know, inspire his kids, he was for it. Him and Gloria totally um, supported what we did, even though the music was um, a different form than what Southern Gospel was. Bill really taught us about communication and what it meant, you know, to, to... take your music to the world in, in whatever form it was. It was He was very inspiring. Well, Whiteheart released 11 studio albums from the beginning until 1997. It's been said that your 1989 record, Freedom, is probably one of the most popular among fans. It also happens to be coming up on its 30th anniversary of the release. Take us back to 1989 and the recording of this iconic record. You guys worked with same producer Brown Bannister on that one, who had done some amazing work at that point with Amy Grant, among others. What do you think has made that particular record a favorite among the fans? Well, um, interesting enough, um, either myself, Dan, or myself and Mark had produced all the previous albums. The album right before Freedom 
was an album where we all produced and yet no one produced. So it just came out of kind of saying, guys, let's just hire somebody to kind of guide the ship, so to speak. And uh, we know what who we are and what we want to do, but let's have a guy maybe listen to all the songs and be a little more, you know, um, creative. He wasn't a rock producer, um, but we knew what we wanted at the rehearsals and stuff, but he was a great, great mentor and a really wise and a very musical man. So it was a perfect fit for the Freedom album. Brown also was an executive producer on Tales of Wonder, which came two albums after that as well. Well, you know, I've read that with with Freedom, uh, Brown was able to kind of bring out the best in in all of you guys, uh, both exactly uh, musically and uh, you know creation wise. Yeah, and the label was really um, really supported since we had gotten an outside producer and wanted to take it up a next level, they were really behind it as well. And sometimes you have to do that just to get the attention and the, you know, the kind of full impact of, of the label being involved as well. But right, well, interestingly, enough, it was, interestingly enough, it was also the, um, because of Brown produced it, he had said, man, the drummer, the bass player, and the guitar player, I could use you on studio stuff. And so it kind of broke up the band as well. And that's why um, after that, we had to get new drummer, new bass player, new guitar player. Yeah, well, let's go back to that record and listen to one of the singles to come from. And here's White Heart with Over Me. And we'll post that in there. Good. That is White Heart with Over Me from their 1989 record, Freedom. And joining us today is guitarist and founding member of the band, Billy Smiley. Now, Billy, there seemed to be a long-running joke with each album and lead singer, Rick Florian, uh, with his name being spelled different on each record. Whose idea was that? It was mine. I just thought it was quirky because I thought when we first got Rick, who started his first record was Don't Wait for the Movie, and I had produced that record. And I said, Rick, your name's kind of, kind of bland. And he goes, no, that's my name. And I said, well, why don't we change it up every album? And it was just kind of an inside joke, but it got pretty popular with people to see how we would spell his name different every album. That's it actually wasn't pretty meant cool. To be any, yeah, it wasn't meant to be any big deal, but I guess it became kind of a fun one for fans and, and people alike. Well, speaking of fans, uh, we actually went to fans to have them present us with some questions for you, and these were the couple that we picked. Uh, Zach Morton of Alton, Illinois, asks, what are your greatest memories of touring? Wow. Um, Touring, um, the greatest memories probably uh, was the, the prospect of seeing the world with these bunch of guys. Uh, whatever, you know, we feel like White Hunt was kind of three segments. We had the uh, early band, which um, which really developed the, the distinct um, sound 
and the direction and the music performance. So we did mostly touring in the U.S. with that group. And then when Tommy and Gordon and Chris came, we did more international stuff like um, Australia and and England and, and Europe as well. So those tours were just incredibly um, where you get to really know people and know their hearts. And so the aspect of it is just getting to see and meet people um, that you love being with. And um, so the the joys of um, doing our shows and, and seeing people in Europe that had never seen us or heard it and hear and watch them singing along with the lyrics. One of the most impressionable times for me personally was a festival called Flavo Festival in Europe and to have 40,000 people singing No Taboo while the song was playing was pretty amazing. It's just seeing how music can lift nations and um, affect people in such a strong way that's very humbling. Amen. Well, they do say uh, music is the universal language. Yeah. I would have well, to agree. The second question comes from Dan Martin of Modesto, California. He asks, did the business side of Christian music affect your message at all with Whiteheart? Oh, no, not at all. Um, for us, we knew who we were. Um, the business side um, was interesting because it really didn't affect what we did. We were never one that was really helped by any of the labels. A lot of times now those Christian labels really almost control the the Christian albums and the Christian artists. Uh, we didn't have that back then, and maybe it was because um, – we had built our fan base ourselves, and uh, and it was a hard road. But again, we did what we felt God wanted us to do. And even singles, you know, a lot of our singles <laughs> were four minutes or five minutes or even six minutes long. And so we just said, no, that needs to be the single for the album. So we never really had problems with them dictating what we wanted, and they didn't force. They just knew we knew who we were, and I don't know if that's the same case in Christian music today because everything kind of sounds the same, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that, that seems to be the consensus with, you know, bands, uh, you know, that were around in the 70s and 80s now, and it's almost like you guys were kind of doing the independent thing back before it was cool because now you've got you've got independent bands With that are the coming help out, of, and it's actually better yeah it's it's actually true but we did have the support of the label you know getting the music out there and and marketing it to the to, to the stores because nowadays we don't have stores so you know there is a there is a difference Yes, and you know when Whiteheart released its last record in, in 1997, everyone seemed to go in different directions. You actually chose to continue in music, and the funny thing is, the first time I actually heard your name outside of Whiteheart was with a project that was sent to me from publicist Brian Mays of Nashville Publicity in 2005 called Symphony in Red, uh, a project in which you worked with uh, 
uh, you know, kind of some unlikely people that you wouldn't really think you'd see in Christian music. You had a, a Megadeth bassist, David Ellison, on that project, uh, former Newsboys voted guitarist Brian Ellison, and worship artist Aaron Schuess. And I've never really seen really any talk anywhere about that project, which was a great one, by the way. And you know, going oh, back, what was it like working with those guys? And have you ever considered, uh, you know, making another project like that? Not really. Um, at that time, I had, um, after Whiteheart kind of um, did what we called an eternal sabbatical in 98, I think Mark went and did a solo record, and I did a solo one called Never Lost. And it was just, um, I'm not a lead singer, but I'm a writer, so I just wanted to keep, you know, uh, keep doing what I love doing, which was writing songs. And um, and so Symphony in Red just kind of came about as there were a few guys out here in Phoenix. I had moved to Phoenix and <clears throat> became good friends. Dan Huff, the, the guy who started Whiteheart with me, produced Megadeth Records, and so I had come over to the session and so was introduced to Dave Elephant, who was playing bass. And, um, and we became friends because we, we found out we lived in Phoenix about five miles apart. And so that's how Dave came to be a part of it. And then the other guys were just um, friends of mine from the Newsboys. And Aaron Hughes, we did a, a, a thing there for two years where we wrote hymns together. And so Aaron was one of those. So that's why those friendships kind of came. And it wasn't saying, well, we're going to start a group and tour. It was just kind of really um, having fun doing music we liked. And David uh, was a strong Christian and still is. And um, But he lived in that metal world, you know, which I didn't really know much about. So um, that's how that album came to be with some fun songs and some fun moments. No, definitely, and I loved that album. I I was uh, anxious to talk to you about that. And I actually interviewed David Ellison back in 2014, and we kind of touched on that. And I I said, you know, I thought it was awesome how you go from a heavy metal band, the the Big Four, which Megadeth considered a part of, to a worship project. Yeah. I thought that was something very unlikely that you would see him a part of. But he said that he loves the Lord and wanted to, wanted to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm glad that he was because that was actually a, you know, a side of him that uh, metal fans probably never thought they'd see. David Ellison, a part of a worship band. Well, he's a real, he's from Minnesota and uh, he's got a soft heart and, um, and we just, uh, we still to this day, he comes out to Nashville and plays on some records or projects when he's in town. So we just kind of keep a, just kind of a friendship more than anything else together. And it's always fun to do things with David. Well, that's cool. Well, it looks fast You never know. You to... might see something new, but who knows? <laughs> well, that would definitely be cool. <laughs> Well, let's fast forward to 2015, where you joined former Petra lead singer John Schwitt, singer-guitarist Jason Fowler, and uh, Jonathan Crone, along with former Whiteheart members John Knox and Anthony Sally for a new supergroup of sorts called Union of Sinners and Saints. How exactly did you guys get that project together? 
Well, again, it was kind of fluky. Um, Whiteheart had done, um, we hadn't played in 15 years, but we went to Australia to play for a festival. And I kind of reconnected with Anthony and John there. And um, John Knox, the drummer from Whiteheart, because we had asked them to come out and play on that show. And then after that, um, John Schlitt and I just ran in the, to each other at a conference and we just said, hey, let's write together. And that never happens in Nashville, but I kind of followed up with him and um, said, come on over to the studio and let's see what we come up with. So we wrote one of the songs on the record and we found out we really liked each other. We didn't know much about each other because we were always on the road. So we didn't, we both went to the same church, but really didn't, ever know each other personally and um and it just started happening and uh we started writing songs and got a name and then i had asked uh john and anthony if they wanted to be a part of it and so it's kind of a it was kind of a smash up of whiteheart and petra guys we even had bob hartman and john lowry came with guest appearances on the record as well and uh, we did one White Heart song, we did Independence Day, and we did, you know, one Petra song. Um, so that was just kind of fun to do that. And we go out and we do a thing called the Storyteller Tour, which John and I and Jason, uh, when we don't have the full band, we just go out and have fun and tell stories of on the road and kind of fun, you know, playfully jabbing each other with stories of the road and the competition between Petra and Whiteheart. So it's a lot of fun for people who, um, you know, who are fans of both of the groups. Yeah. And you know, when I asked, when I asked uh, John Schlitt how he had met you, he said that, you know, you guys had kind of toured together uh, over the years, like you would play a Friday night, they would play a Saturday night. He said that he never actually got a chance to to meet you, get to know you, kind of in passing. But he was telling me he said that you had come up to him one day and said, "Hey, let's write together. Here's my number." And he said that honestly, after that, I never thought I'd hear from him again. But he called, and it was awesome. We got together, we wrote some songs, and the rest is history. You got the Union of Sinners and Saints, uh, yeah, in, from that. So I thought that was actually. Uh, Pretty cool. He That's said exactly he said changing it. numbers. Funny, he even tore my number up. He wasn't planning on calling. I said, "Thanks, John." But um, we've had fun. We've written um, a couple new songs. So this next year, we'll be doing some shows uh, around the Northeast and up in the Midwest. So uh, we're looking forward. We'd love to come down to your area in Florida if somebody, you know, if somebody's interested in booking us, um, please feel free to call or to email me at northernshoreprod, N-O-R-T-H-E-R-N-S-H-O-R-E-P-R-O-D at mac.com, northernshoreprod at mac.com. Well, I know we I would love doing to shows see the Union of Citizens Yeah. Yeah, now, aside from Union, you know, something that I see pop up in fan forums in regards to Whiteheart, and I know that you guys, you guys did a show back in 2013. A lot of people always ask that question, will there ever be a White Heart reunion or perhaps another record? Is that something that you and the guys have ever discussed? 
Well, I just don't think so. Um, it's just because of where everybody is, you know, in their lives and stuff, I just think that something like that probably won't happen. It'd be great if it ever did, but it's got to probably, you know, with bands, there's interesting dynamics and all of that. It's much easier to just move forward. That's why doing the Union of Sinners and Saints and having John Knox and Anthony are fun because they're in a place in their life where they just want to play their instruments and enjoy being out in front of people and, and sharing that. But it's, it gets difficult. You know, Rick's a realtor. Um, Mark works with his wife on a duo. And so everybody's in different places in their lives. And Gordon just is a songwriter. And uh, Tommy, I just actually worked with Tommy Sims, the bass player, on a project because I mainly just produce. I have about 25 different artists that I produce right now because my passion is still uh, using the wisdom and the gifts that God has given me to help new artists usher in, you know, what what their mission is in life. And I, I'm happy to be a part of those things. So, um, you know, so I love producing and developing new artists and new talent. Yeah, North Shore Productions, I've heard a lot of the work that you've done over the years, and you're actually uh, working with one of your artists that's in the band with you, Jason Fowler, going to be releasing a, a new record this year, which I'm totally excited about. I keep telling him, dude, when am I going to hear this new record? I want to oh, hear it. Oh, it's so. really good. Yeah, he's been working on it for about a year and a half now. So um, got some great songs. There's one called Ball and Chain that is just amazing. Yeah, well, I, I can't wait to hear it. And, you know, Billy, in closing, I ask a lot of guests, this question uh you have had a great influence in christian music and even now with developing uh, newer artists and you know when you're long gone your legacy is what you leave behind and to the generations to come when people see the name billy smiley or white heart what is it that you want people to remember you for the most oh that's an interesting question um I don't know that he was just a faithful servant and that he tried to do the gifts that he had been given, that he tried to use those in the best way possible to bring about music that was um, worthy of the calling of being a Christian and doing music um, that changes lives. I guess that would be it, just that he was a faithful servant doing what he loved doing. I'm so honored to be able to still, you know, do music and um, and to have fun and have fun doing it, you know, having fun, enjoying what you always love doing. I, um, I think if I can inspire people, whether it's in country music or rock or um, even with new artists, my joy is to see them you know, engage their cultures and their artists with their music. And so um, I love being, you know, that helpmate, so to speak, um, for a lot of artists. It's a real joy for me to be, because it's a, even a bigger thing than just saying, well, we have these 22 number one songs or whatever. It's just a joy to be able to do that. 
Amen, and that's really all you can ask for at the end of the day. Well, we have been joined today by former Whitehearted guitarist Billy Smiley, and if you want to see what he's up to now, you can check him out online in many places, including the Union of Sinners and Saints.com. Billy, thank you so much again for joining us today on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and if anybody's interested in, you know, me listening to their songs or, uh, again, my passion is to help artists find themselves, especially in today's music culture, which is so, you know, unique and diverse and you have to be creative. So northernshoreproductions.com is my website. And um, hopefully we'll see you out there with the Union of Sinners and Saints. We have a lot of fun kind of reliving uh, the fun moments of Petra and Whiteheart. We do Beyond Belief. We do Desert Rose. We do Fly Eagle Fly. You know, we do Kingdom Come when we have the whole band, boy. Uh, we do Freedom and Kingdom Come, and those are fun moments. So. Oh, I can't wait. You bet. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and that's where we'll end the interview. And let me save this okay. real quick so I'm deleted. Yeah, I, um, I, I've actually I, I wanted to interview you years ago when because uh, I've I've worked with Brian Mays for a long time. I've worked with him since 2004. Oh yeah, I uh, love with Brian. I just saw him a couple months ago back. He lives over in West Haven near me. Yeah, and he's and you know what you know what's crazy is that I I've worked with him for 15 years, but I've never met him in person. I've talked to him on the phone. I've conversed with him in email back and forth throughout the week, but um, I've, I've actually never met him in person. I've followed his wow. his escapades on Facebook. Him and Jessica are, are like everywhere, Hawaii, New York, and all that. I said, dude, you're so lucky. You get yep. to like travel around and no kids, just the dogs and stuff. So, <laughs> But yeah, I, I was true. I was found him years ago. I so said I wanted to I think I tried to get an interview back in 05 when the Symphony in Red project came out, um, but I, I think schedule-wise we couldn't get anything uh, set up. But yeah, I was talking to Jason a couple weeks ago, and I said, "Dude, I would." I said, "John and Billy are two of the people that have been on my radar for years, and I just have not gotten around to being able to talk to them." So I said, "Help me make that happen." And Jason's a cool dude. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love him, and I told him, I said, uh, and, and I'm really, I, I keep bugging him about this new record. I'm like, dude, when am I going to hear this? I said, I've, I've heard Hand of Hope. I said, that's really the only thing I've heard other than snippets of stuff you've played live. I said, I want to hear this record. When am I going to hear it? And he's like, oh, brother, it's almost done. It's almost done. <laughs> so yeah, I, he's, he's been he's struggle with finances to get the last three or four songs done you know what i mean we yeah. we had seven of them done and so it's again in that culture of where music is it's just really difficult yeah john was telling me the same thing he said that he said that you guys pretty much with union and stuff you guys don't do this stuff for radio you do it because it's it's fun it's ministry for you guys kind of a way to go back out and, and play those White Heart and Petra songs that you guys, you know, you know, grew up playing. So, Yep. And it's fun that way because, I mean, we still like radio, but radio won't play the older guys much, you know, at yeah. all. <laughs> well, that's, and that's, 
that's where that's where I differ with with what I do with Kingdom Builder is that a lot of the stuff that I play is stuff that you don't hear on radio. And we have we have a yeah. different audience. I've got keys into the new the new you know the newer audience that likes the music that's on like contemporary radio and stuff. But I also have you know tie-ins with the old stuff because I choose to pick my guests that I have from the past, yeah. present, and people that are that are up and coming. So because I don't I don't want just today's big artists. I like to go back and talk to people who you know, people who, who got PCM where it is now. You know, you said yeah. that Whiteheart, you don't consider Whiteheart a pioneering band. I think the sound really brought forth a lot of the music that we hear now. And I think well, all I of the space, like... Uh, but I was just saying the influencers, you know, were the, the early ones, which really had a, a tough, you know, tough road. And I, and I know we're pioneers for groups like third day and you know mercy me and those kind of things but again there's a there's a history there in christian music which isn't appreciated or even known from a lot of kids today don't even know who amy grant is you know so i knew amy grant was long before and and i knew of her in the secular realm because back when i was a teenager i didn't i didn't listen to christian music um her Heart in Motion record was actually the first record that I had heard in the early 90s. That was, like, one of my favorites, and that that's what introduced me to her. So later on when I got saved and found out she had a whole catalog of Christian music from the early 80s, I'm like, that's amazing. I had no idea that it even existed. And yeah, um, that, that, that's, that was just mind-blowing to me. I'm like, I, these are artists that I grew up listening to, who also are in Christian music, so that was that was that was a lot of fun to kind of discover that. But yeah, oh, that's I, great. It's, it's it's a lot of fun for me just to go back and and be able to feature this. And I actually I did interview David in 2014, and he actually I when I talked to him, uh, Megadeth was supposed to come down here for a show. Sorry, my dog's about. Hey. Sh- it's just that. Gosh. Uh, Megadeth was supposed to come down here for a show. And they, I guess uh, he had told me, he's like, well, contact Bonnie over at his book label so that I could meet him when he came down here. And the next thing I know, I con- reached out to her, and I guess she was no longer working uh, with the label or with the, with the publishing company. So I'm actually seeing Megadeth next year or this year now in June. Uh, oh, cool. Ozzy? Yeah, so maybe you can maybe you can hook me up with David to actually be able to meet him because I don't have any I don't have any contact to reach out for with that one. Sure, you just let me know or text me. You've got my info, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I'll do is uh, the twenty fifth. Uh, once we get ready to to post this to post the interview on the show, um, I'll, I'll shoot you a text or shoot you an email. And just Great. whatever platforms you want to share it on, we can go and do that. We'll just go from there. Sure, that'd be great. Sounds good. All right, well, Billy, it was a pleasure talking to you today, man. I appreciate the time. And uh, like I said, just reach out to me. If you ever need anything from me, um, let me know, because we're kind of we're embedded within Christian music. I can always yeah, help that's you out. Great. Yeah, that's great. We'll let you know, and um, 
Yeah, the more that you can promote, we'd love to play uh, down in the Florida area. So if you have any contacts of churches or people that might want, you know, the unplugged version, we just want to be about being out there in front of the people and having them, you know, because our crowd audience is about 40 to 65. And uh, they yeah, don't go to many shows. They don't get much music. So, you know, they're always eager to hear what's going on. So we'd love to do shows for those kind of audiences. Yeah, I'm actually working on that now. I told Jason, I talked to him. I actually talked to him between talking to you and John. I said, I'm working on trying. Thank you, Leslie. Um, okay, yeah, just text it to me. Um, yeah, I, I would talk to Jason between you and John. I told him that I'm trying to work on, I, I know some promoters here in Florida and there's a lot of groups, including Jason that I want to see in Florida that don't come down here very often. So, um, you guys were actually one that was on my list to kind of plug cause I've, I've seen all the videos online. I've seen you guys perform and stuff and I'm like, I really would love to see you guys play down here. And I think the one time you guys did play in Florida uh, was in Orlando for, I think, for something that I couldn't afford to go to. It was one of those radio conventions. Yeah, it's one of those and, movie kind of things, yeah. Yeah, and I looked I look up the price because I was I'm like, okay, well, I might go just to check it out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is – I would have to take out a mortgage in my house just to attend this. So, yeah, oh, I'm, like I'm going to that. Really that <laughs> yeah. You could have just come yeah. that night for nothing. Oh, well, I didn't know you Jason know. was – I didn't know that you guys were down here until that day because I had texted him and he said, I'm actually in Orlando. I'm like, man, I wish I would have known that because I would have planned to come over yeah. there because I would have loved to met you and, and John in person. So. Well, All right, man. Good to meet you. You too, brother. And uh, I'll let you know. I'll put those feelers out and see if I can get you guys down to Florida. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to. You have my info, so they can just touch base with me. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, dude. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.